Trader, Trade Trader, Cobb Crypto Podcast. This is the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TraderCobb Crypto Show. Today's show is proudly brought to you by TraderCobb.com. Go across to the website and check out all the content there. You can join up for the free bi-weekly video newsletter and get all access to free bi-weekly videos on all things crypto trading. Today's guest is Lou Kerner, who's the co-founder and managing partner of Crypto Oracle. He's been with Merrill Lynch and Goldman Sachs and also worked with Bill Gross at Idea Lab, which is an amazing innovator there in the business sector. Lou, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for uh, giving us your time. Great. Well, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. No problem. Hey, look, just to kick things off, Lou, I mean, I, I, my introduction to you is uh, going to do you absolutely no justice whatsoever. If you wouldn't mind just sort of introducing yourself a little bit and telling us a little bit about your journey uh, from where you've been and where you are now. Sure. Um, well, I started my career as an equity analyst on Wall Street. And uh, I actually really enjoyed that. You get to dig deep. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I've spent my last few years at Goldman Sachs uh, following uh, media companies, including cable companies. And I, I learned uh, that it's good to be a monopoly. And one day, Bill Gross from Idea Lab called me up and, and offered me the opportunity to be CEO of the 55th company in the Idea Lab incubator. Uh, was a uh, an internet monopoly. He had acquired the rights to the top level domain .tv from the tiny island nation of Tuvalu. So that was uh, my first job as a, an internet entrepreneur, and it was amazing to be a part of the Ideal Lab ecosystem. Uh, after uh, .tv was acquired, I then uh, acquired myself with the original founders, a company called Bolt.com, which was one of the original uh, uh, social networks. Started in '96, VCs had poured 60 million into it. In 2003, they they essentially walked away, um, and we grew from about a half million kids to over 23 million kids. Uh, before MySpace blew by us. Uh, and after Bolt, I, I was angel investing and eventually raised a small fund in uh, June of 2012. Uh, while I was investing that fund, uh, I started focusing a bit on Bitcoin. I joked that I, I went down the Bitcoin rabbit hole uh, uh, deep enough in 2013-14 that the Wall Street Journal quoted me in a story as Wall Street's Bitcoin expert. Um, but uh, uh, I described that time as uh, I looked at the light and looked at the light, but I did not see it. It was a lot dimmer in those days. Uh, and it wasn't until June 29th, 2017, uh, when I actually uh, uh, saw the crypto light, stopped everything I was doing and have devoted myself to, to, to crypto 24-7 since then under the belief that this is the biggest thing to happen in our lifetime. And uh, I just had to, had, had to be here and be a part of it. Well, that's a big statement. I mean, you, you do say that you've devoted your life to crypto. And I, I, can, I can tell you right now, Lou, that uh, I, I had the same, the same sort of thought uh, about July, August, I think it was last year when it was sort of introduced to me. I was introduced to it in 2013 uh, when I was trading foreign exchange bonds, commodity, like just basically trading anything that moved. And I had someone come up and tell me about Bitcoin and ask me about Bitcoin. And I was sort of in the position where I looked at it and went, well, there's not the liquidity or the volume for me to be trading that properly. I'm sorry properly all the tools back then so I, mean, I wasn't a vc i wasn't someone who looked to invest in tech or, or, or all these sorts of things and back then it was a very new technology it wasn't until the right person brought it to me again last year that i looked at it got charts and started to go wow i looked at it for trading ability and saw that my strategies worked but the risk multiple remained the same the reward multiple was far larger of course then you end up in the rabbit hole you learn about 
the technology. And I too can tell you that I dropped everything. And I am also full-time devoted my entire life to this space. So uh, it's good to see that somebody else has done the same sort of thing. I think there's plenty of us out there. Um, One thing I want to cover is, I mean, a lot of people, and I won't spend too long on this, but I am fascinated to see, you know, what you learned from Bill Gross. I mean, a lot of people don't know who this man is, and I, I don't know why, but he's kind of the Steve Jobs of a certain business sort of world. He's done some amazing things, and this sort of incubator idea lab, I mean, you must have learned a huge amount and seen a huge amount with your time there, even though it wasn't that long. What an amazing place to be. Yeah, it really was incredible. I was there, you know, part of that ecosystem for two years uh, in 2000 and 2001. And I, I, I still remain good friends with, uh, with Bill. Uh, I live in, Los, in New York. Uh, uh, I'm actually going to be in Los Angeles later this week, and hopefully we'll get a chance to catch up with him. But it was really an amazing ecosystem. And, you know, and, and to understand just the volume of companies. Uh, I was the 55th company that was in the incubator when I joined in January of 2000. In February, they raised a billion dollars cash at a $10 billion valuation. So, you know, it really was, uh, uh, to a large degree, the center of the universe when the universe was expanding, you know, and, and, you know, at, at, at a remarkable pace. Especially back then, you know? Yeah, it really was. And, you know, and, um, you know, and I really believe that it's Bill Gross had the greatest business idea in the history of mankind, which is he's you know, widely recognized for uh, uh, being the father of paid search. That was his idea. Uh, uh, Google literally laughed at him, said they, they would never do that. And then obviously they copied him and executed better. But he sold that business, uh, which was eventually called Overture to Yahoo for one point six billion. And, and you know, uh, I, I think there are really two great lessons that I, I, I learned from Bill Gross. You know, the, the, the first was uh, when he hired me, he, he, he said, you know, take a month uh, and come back to me with a business plan on how you're going to roll, roll this out. And so two weeks in, he stopped by my desk and he said, you know, I, I know I gave you a month, but I'd like to see how you're doing. Why don't you come and, you know, give me an update in a few hours. So, you know, I, I put together a presentation and talked about all the great meetings I'd had, you know, and the team I was building over the two weeks and how we were planning to launch uh, the top level domain with all of these various partners in about six months. And it was going to be incredible. And, and he was, you know, he said he was blown away by the great work we had done and it was really amazing. And he loved everything that we're doing. He had just one slight change. Instead of launching in six months, he wanted us to launch in two weeks, which was <laughs> dating to hear because how could we possibly launch in two weeks? And long story short, we launched in two weeks. And, and the very first day we opened up the top level domain, we did over $160,000 in revenue. And it uh, turns out, you know, that his philosophy that you learn more one day of, of actually being live and running a site than you would in six months of, of yapping with people, you know, was really tremendous insight. And, and the, other, the, the other great lesson, and, and everybody can view this, he did a TED Talk a couple years ago where he did a data-driven analysis of all the companies that he started to find the key factors of success. And, you know, during the talk, he said that he called it Idealab because he thought it was all about the idea. And then he, he, after a few years, realized that it was actually all about the management. And then he ran the numbers. And what he found was that uh, by a wide margin, the, the, the dominant factor driving the key to success in, in his companies uh, was neither the idea or the management. It was, in fact, the timing. 
So timing and team. Well, we know that timing, you can have the greatest idea in the world, but if you don't time it well, then you know you can be well ahead of the curve. And if you go and raise your capital, run a business plan out, and it's two years too early, then you can have the greatest idea, but you can be too early. But that's a very fascinating, if that's the, if that's the big takeaway, then that needs to be considered by everybody listening, uh, definitely. I mean, what an amazing place to have been. What an amazing man. And uh, um, yeah, it, it must have been just such a wonderful time to, uh, to have been in there to learn so much. And I guess the, the thing that we find with people like this, they, they sort of, they surprise you uh, and they, they bring things out in people that, uh, that you might not have thought that you had. I mean, is, is the space like for idea lab, is it much the same as, is there a lot of blockchain stuff going on in there at the moment? Do you know? I mean, I know you've been out of it for a little while, but I mean, you're still friends with the man. Yeah, sure. Um, no, you know, Bill is certainly aware that this is a big thing and, and, you know, they're, they're looking to deploy some of their resources in the space. All right, excellent. Well, let's move to Crypto Oracle. This is what I want to speak to you about. So uh, you're basically looking to be, I think you said to me, something like the uh, Berkshire Hathaway of crypto, which is a very interesting uh, idea. I mean, there's a lot of uh, VC out there, a lot of funds out there in the crypto space. I'm very interested to know what you look for in, uh, in a company that you'll invest in. Sure. Well, you know, at a high level, I think we look at the same thing a lot of VCs look at. You know, we're looking for the technologies and, and the platforms that can scale to billions of users. And when we say the Berkshire Hathaway of crypto, I think you know, one of the great things about running a, a, a tokenized fund is it's evergreen. So we don't need to, um, you know, to, to, to sell the company, uh, let's say, when there's uh, uh, an ICO. So, you know, as amazing as the VCs did in, let's say, Google, right, when Google came out, it was IPO'd at $30 billion, which was, you know, an unheard of uh, uh, amount for a, a new IPO. Um, and, and the VCs did remarkably well. But the VCs were forced to sell their position, um, you, know, at, you know, at a $30 billion valuation. And their investors, they and their investors, uh, uh, missed out on the last, you know, $800 billion of value creation. And so by running an evergreen fund, we can actually hold on to these positions um, for, you know, five, 10 plus years if, uh, you know, if we really think that the companies are just going to continue to build value. And that's why, you know, the, the shareholders of Berkshire Hathaway have gotten so incredibly wealthy is because they held on to great companies for long periods of time. And we want to do that in crypto. Well, that makes perfect sense. Um, I mean, is there anything in the space that you're particularly interested in at the moment? Any sort of sector, any any little sort of slice off uh, division part of business that, that you see is uh, something that's very, very eye-watering and mouth-watering at the moment for you guys? Sure. You know, a, a, a couple of the areas, you know, that, that we're fascinated by and that we think are, are going to be massive wealth creators. You know, one obviously is, is you know, in, in the different chains um, you know, that, that, that are coming out. You know, we really believe that the next generation blockchain uh, is going to be DAGs, direct acyclic graphs. Um, and so we're an investor in Hashgraph, um, which, you know, via a DAG, it's, you, you don't have to put blocks onto the chain one at a time. Uh, you can basically gain consensus and put thousands of blocks onto the chain simultaneously, which uh, allows for, you know, obviously much greater throughput. You know, another technology we're very high on is called zero knowledge proof. Um, which is the ability to prove anything to anyone without actually showing them anything. And it kind of sounds like magic, but it's, it's this technology that's going to allow enterprises to participate in public blockchains where they don't want to show, you know, user data necessarily. Um, but now with zero knowledge proof, they can prove anything to anybody without having to divulge 
that information. And so we think that zero knowledge proof is going to be a really foundational layer of the internet. I mean, of, of, of crypto. Yeah. And any, any particular projects or are you keeping that within the fund for the time being, Lou? Um, no, you know, we, we have a big focus on Israel uh, before I, I turned uh, uh, my attention to crypto in June of last year. For the previous several years, I'd been focused 100% on Israel. And the great thing is, is, is I continue to focus a lot on Israel because, you know, they are crypto crazy there by a wide margin. It's, it's, it's really awesome what's going on there in, in, in the crypto world. And there's an Israeli company called Kedit, Q-E-D-I-T. Um, that, uh, you know, um, um, among its executives, you know, is, is one of the inventors of zero knowledge proof, uh, uh, out of Hebrew university. And so we really think that, you know, this is really cutting edge technology and, and they have an amazing team. Uh, uh, and I, you know, and, and I think have a shot at, at really being an immensely profitable, valuable company. And I mean, we know where we are at the moment with the space. There's a lot of innovation, a lot of technology. There was a lot of hype last year, which sent prices going quite uh, quite insane. We are sitting in a market cap that is, I mean, when you talk about emerging markets, when you talk about the future of uh, what the space has, and we know the potential, I mean, it is still minute. It is very, very small. And while a lot of people are freaking out right now, uh, I know that a lot of... Um, Pretty much none of the guests that I have that I speak to are concerned at all because they're more involved in building businesses in the space. What do you think for the time being, uh, for the short to medium term, are the biggest hurdles for the space before we see not just the mainstream adoption, i.e., you know, we're able to use this within business, within our everyday life, which is probably a few years out. What do you see as the biggest hurdle for the next wave of uh, funds, investors, and uh, yeah, people coming into crypto? Sure. This is obviously, you know, we're, we're a young industry and we still have a lot of issues to overcome. You know, uh, uh, for myself, you know, somebody in the, you know, tokenized, uh, uh, you know, security tokens is where we're doing a lot of focus. Uh, uh, we still need a lot of the rails uh, to really enable uh, large scale uh, investing by institutions. Uh, so we need to do things like, you know, some simple things like custody. custody That's the big one. Uh, of tokens, um, you know, and it is, is very early. And so, you know, if you can't custody tokens, then most institutional investors are not going to get involved and, and how you actually comply the mechanics, the technical com- the mechanics, uh, behind how you comply with, uh, with us securities laws, uh, uh, is still very, very challenging. Um, you know, and in, in the greater, you know, macro view of, of crypto, obviously, you know, throughput is still very, very early. And, and, you know, we're, we're 93, 94 internet in, in my view, when it was still incredibly difficult to use the internet, this was before the Netscape browser. And, and that feels like, you know, what it is now in, in crypto, but the things that give me the greatest confidence is just the remarkable talent that is coming crypto every single day and people are seeing you know the same things that you and i are seeing in terms of crypto being the biggest thing ever and they have to leave their jobs at goldman sachs or mckinsey or google and and devote their lives to solving these problems and with that you know amount of 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 human brain power working on these problems you know these are not going to be problems for long 
I, cu- I couldn't agree more. And you actually, uh, at the end of every show, I always ask, where are we in terms of the incident, 1993 or 2000? You answered that already with 93, 94. So there you go, guys. For those listening out for that, you've now got your answer. Still very early adoption stage. <laughs> so they're the hurdles. Do we have any solutions short term? Is there anything that you think that's uh, being worked on right now that uh, are helping us to, or any places or any projects or any particular regions, countries uh, that are sort of coming up with some of these solutions? Yeah, you know, I said, you know, we have a, a, a lot of focus on Israel, but this is you're really going on, obviously, all over the world. Uh, you know, we're seeing, you know, great ecosystems, you know, not just here in the United States uh, and obviously New York, which I think is the crypto capital world in San Francisco. But Los Angeles has a has a booming ecosystem. You know, interesting, I think Toronto uh, uh, has a booming crypto ecosystem. You know, London and Berlin in in London have booming ecosystems. So I think, yeah, this is really happening all over the world. Um, it's happening 24 um, seven, you know, you know, the, you know, projects, you know, whether they're, you know, working on, you know, doing cross chain things like, you know, uh, we're big fans of one chain, um, you know, whether they're, you know, uh, trying to, you know, build rails on top of the Bitcoin blockchain, like the Lightning Network. Um, you know, they're working on on trying to solve for throughput. Uh, working on you know all of the challenges. You know, I, th- I think governance is you know for decentralized projects is you know is the biggest problem uh, uh, there that we have to solve. And you know, I think that's likely going to be solved uh, in academia. Uh, and so, you know, we're big supporters of, of programs going on in universities, you know, around the world in blockchain. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It, it, it is certainly going that direction. It's, it's, you know, it's not going anywhere. We continue to evolve. We continue to grow. We continue to see, uh, you know, as you quite rightly said, a lot of very intelligent people coming into the space and, and really diving into it head first because they can see how important it is and what it's going to do going forward. I mean, w- with Crypto Oracle, whereabouts are you guys up to? Like, What's your next plan to, I mean, obviously you, you want to grow into this uh, behemoth in, in the space. Where are you at and, and what's the next steps for uh, Crypto Oracle? Sure. So, you know, uh, uh, again, you know, uh, uh, Bringing a market a tokenized creditable fund uh, uh, is is in the near term plan. But what we're also focused on, and we really describe ourselves as a community first VC. Again, really believing that that communities, the difference between crypto and everything that came before it, and the impact it can have on the success and failure of projects. And so, you know, uh, we're most noted for having started Crypto Mondays which is a meetup uh, that now happens in more than 20 cities uh, around the world. Uh, in New York, we do it every Monday. Uh, in other cities, it might be every other week or, or once a month. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, and we don't have any content in New York. We're decentralized, so anybody can have Crypto Monday be whatever they want. But it's awesome to see it being launched in countries, including, you know, in, in cities, including Moscow. Uh, last week, uh, Crypto Monday Shanghai started. Uh, we started Crypto Tuesdays for Social Good. That's monthly just in New York. Uh, other meetups like the Security Token Meetup we just launched last night. Uh, and other other community projects. Uh, a couple weeks ago in New York City, we opened up Crypto Commons, which is a crypto shared workspace. We think if you're doing this 24-7, uh, you are you know incredibly better off if you're surrounding yourself where you work 
with other people in crypto who are doing it 24-7. We've already seen, you know, uh, amazing things happen in, in crypto commons in a few short weeks. We've been up uh, and, you know, we look forward to rolling that out around the world. And so, you know, really helping to build the community, both micro communities around companies, macro communities, you know, to bring more people into crypto and educate those that are already here, um, you know, is is where we're spending the majority of our time. Yeah, excellent. And I mean, it, it's fascinating. So I've had a couple of guests on the show that have talked about Crypto Mondays, actually, which is quite interesting. Uh, is there anything else that you think we should know about regarding Crypto Oracle or the space before we uh, before we wrap it up, mate? Um, you know, uh, again, these things we're doing are decentralized. So if anybody wants to start these meetups uh, uh, in their cities, wherever they are, uh, we you know we'll we'll throw our full support behind it. Uh, we're getting global sponsors uh, for these initiatives so we'll be able to start uh, helping to pay uh, uh, you know for for some of these events around the world uh, and so you know we're obviously looking for others to join us in this effort whether it's just you know coming and being a part of crypto Commons or opening up a crypto Mondays uh, in in their towns you know we're, we're here to support those efforts and uh, how would people find out more information about these uh, well my email is is Lou at cryptooracle.io. Um, you know, and if you go to our site at CryptoOracle.io, you can see uh, uh, some of the different people uh, that you can reach out to for some of the different things that we're doing. Well, Lou, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, mate. I appreciate your time immensely. And um, look, it's, it's yeah, I've, I've, I like speaking to people in the space uh, that have dropped everything, such as yourself, like myself, and uh, having a different take on that. Uh, thank you so much for your time, guys. It's CryptoOracle.io if you want to go and have a look. And realistically, you should. So thank you so much again, Lou, for being on the show. I, I really appreciate it. Okay, thanks. Thanks for having me. Look, uh, look forward to uh, you know to being on hopefully in the future and uh, to get together next time you're here in the states. I think that's a great plan. Thanks so much, mate. I will take you up on that offer, guys. Today's show has been brought to you by TraderCobb.com. Don't forget to jump across to the website, join up to the free biweekly video newsletter where you can find all of the information on crypto trading from myself and my team. Have a great day. Bye. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Check out TraderCobb.com because experience matters.